0: Don't know how to Ryan,
1: Meet the suckers, and chat shit today. Hey buddy.
0: What's up, man?
1: Well I'm gonna chose now to move my microphone around. Um not not much. What's up with you? There's been no soccer in weeks.
0: I was gonna say, so Manchester United didn't play this weekend, is that correct? Last weekend they just disappeared off the face of the earth
1: completely right they actually haven't played the season it's been really scary <laughs> it's been like a thanos snap that only affects mm-hmm.
0: me that's weird because a lot of manchester united fans were talking a lot at the beginning of the season but <laughs> no they're still I, talking now they haven't shut up they just they're talking about in a much different way about much you know, different we, things
1: we're still talking it's just switched from bragging to complaining
0: for the people who don't watch soccer and listen to this podcast, and I imagine that's a relatively small Venn diagram. Um,
1: people you're related to. Pretty yeah, much. Actually, it's
0: probably the whole thing. It's all—it's like my wife, my mom. <laughs> um, no, for the people that don't watch soccer, um, Manchester United is having the technical term for this is a shit season. Um, but its I think it is like you're almost having the shittiest season you can have in a way in the sense that You started with such high expectations, seemingly reasonably high. You know what I mean? Like it it didn't come out of nowhere. Had a little bit of confirmation of that, and then have just... Man, it's been rough couple weeks, bud. Sorry.
1: It's it's like you go, you saved up your money your whole life for this car you really want. (laughs) Let's let's call it a Lamborghini, and you spent every penny you saved on a Lamborghini because you're so you're so into cars, and you're like, this car is the best. You go to drive off the dealer's lot. You immediately get hit by a bus. Your car catches on fire. Then somebody pulls over the side of the road. You think they're going to come help you, but no, they're going to urinate in your mouth. That yeah. has been, and that's the fantastic. only part of
0: you that wasn't on fire. So the whole thing was like it was like an extra insult.
1: The mouth urine is just Ronaldo scoring goals. It's like thanks <laughs> that that relieves parts of me that are not on fire, but <laughs> relieves parts. <laughs> I'm like really into Ronaldo's pee, but it's not putting out the car fire. And my beautiful Lamborghini is not performing like I had hoped it would in that it is pieces on the ground. Yeah. So I'm, I'm saying best metaphor as of yet.
0: I mean, it's not over yet. Going. You're going to keep going for a while, right? There will be others who will pee
1: on me. <laughs> nice.
0: At yeah, Arsenal, I-,
1: oh, you, I was just going to jump back into Arsenal and totally deflect uh, well, I I was just going to say, I, so
0: I watched both games this weekend. I did all my homework. And I will say that as I watched it, I kind of, I couldn't tell. I'm like, are they that bad? Or is, you know, is United that bad or is City that good? And the verdict that pretty much everyone I know who likes Manchester United has pointed out to me is that you guys are that bad.
1: Yeah, at the moment, it's that uh Un- non functional, unfunctional,
0: infunctional, dis- dysfunctional. dysfunctional. That's the one.
1: You know what? uh It's that dysfunctional that I can't even fucking think of what the word is. um <laughs> But yeah, it's like clearly structural issues, roster issues, and at the same time, just no tactical perspective. And I think that. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to say this every week on this podcast, or it's going to become boring because it's the same problem every <laughs> week.
0: I don't know. Soccer has the same problem every week. It's pretty popular. But go on.
1: No, but like you know, like Arsenal have had problems, but it's late. It's not been the same problem every <laughs> week. There, there's been signs of okay. We know what we're trying to do here. It's taken us a while. We had, we failed doing it for a while, but it was yeah. the plan, and now. The roster is starting to reflect what you need to execute that plan. We have a 75 million pound 21 year old winger who just isn't even playing. Like, what, oh. what was the thinking on that? Like, we took two years to scout this little shit and get him. And we did. And now we're like, oh, we didn't think about where what bedroom he'd be sleeping in. Hmm. Like, it's there's no there's no planning in anything.
0: Well, it's difficult to play a 21-year-old winger when you start... A, was it 10 defensive players that they play? I mean, you basically played a back 10 against Manchester City, who are the fastest, trickiest, most finesse team in the league. And, I mean, yeah. Maybe maybe a little Jaden Sancho, you know, could have gone a long way in
1: that game. We didn't play with wingers. We played yeah. with two forwards, uh, ace... Wait, was Rashford? Did Rashford start? I think Rashford started. I can't remember. I dude, after these fucking shit games, I just try to like drink bleach until the memory goes away.
0: It works every time.
1: I don't remember uh, if it works every time, but
0: <laughs> as far that, as I, you dude, know,
1: it's the proof in the pudding. Um, but yeah, yeah, like I, everyone after this, everyone's expecting this loss to happen. The fact that it was only two nothing is. A, reflection of the fact that we set up to not lose. Um, and then it was also the fact that City, once they went up, were kind of like, guys, we I don't think we need to, like, get sweaty. I think we can just win this and, like, have it be, like, a training day. And then their next match, which actually they didn't they didn't have a midweek match. So they were just, like, thinking, hey, we can take a few days off after this before the international break.
0: Yeah. It'll be nice. I mean,
1: Ibiza. Cool. Yeah, they were in, a. they had, this is
0: the Ibiza rate for possession, 68% away from home, by the way. Like, that's the thing that I had to keep reminding myself. This is in Old Trafford. This is a
1: mile and a half away from home.
0: (laughs) I mean, granted, right, like there's that certain, you know, Manchester's Manchester, but it's like, this is your home fan, 75% of that stadium's wearing red. And man, that was, that was tough to watch. So, I don't know, we don't have to dwell on it too long.
1: Well the important part isn't the match it's the fact that it happened we knew it was going to happen and then the next day no firing of the manager that has single-handedly almost <sighs> united we've united the fan base in in united, agreeing, united in agreeing that Ole is done thank you for thanks for playing we appreciate everything you did but you're not really the architect so that you know, has this is a slight
0: segue from what you said, but this will be an interesting thing that this podcast is going to do for me. Um, is I, cause I feel like every Manchester United fan, as you mentioned, has basically come around to my opinion from the get go <laughs> on Ole Gunnar, which is he's not, he's not a coach, is he? He's like a football guy. Like he, like I would actually like, it's like,
1: He's like there are real certain, Ted Lasso. He's real are Ted There's certain coaches Lasso.
0: where you should, it's like you should hire someone to be his coach. You know what I mean? Like, he could be, like, he'd be, like, a. I think he'd, like, a be a really good assistant coach. You know what I mean? Just he's that kind what? of. Like, because I think the assistant coach, it's almost the opposite of Ted Lasso, where the assistant coach in Premier League, I think, is often the guy who's, like, the more tactically minded. And then mm-hmm. the coach coach is, he's got a finger into the transfer dish. He's got a finger into, like, the sort of psychology of the team dish. You know, he's got, like, a little, you know, I don't know. This this is actually the worst metaphor we've ever done because no one just goes around putting fingers in dishes. But the, that's Wait, the point of this. Wait, there's
1: a joke there. There's a fucking joke there, and I don't know what it is. Damn it. We can take our time. I mean, uh, your former manager loved sticking his fingers into that's a hilarious joke. Sorry, it's, not I'm, it's never, not. I'm never taking my time for a joke for you again. It's like a callback to last episode is really more what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're right. You're right in that the, the the head coach, is the manager, is supposed to be like the manager of the men, of the yeah. people. And that that person typically ends up being old enough that there are other fresher technical minds that get brought yeah. on to, to supplement. And that's okay. The but good like, ones basically
0: just cycle through these, like, young fetuses that they suck the technical <laughs> lifeblood out of. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Sir Alex Ferguson did that. Like, how many how many people have worked under him that he sucked the technical life? He's like, all right, this tactic's working Seven. for three years. It's done
1: now. Get a new one. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it was to, like, reflect a change to, like, a more continental Europe, like, approach to playing, and, like, you need a new guy for that. Um, but yeah. our problem is... The guys under our manager also don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're all—it's like only interns run my club. <laughs> they all—this is all their first fucking job or first real job. Even like Ole is only that, re-
0: is that what it is? Is in, is Ole working for twelve dollars an hour?
1: No, he just got signed to a three-year deal like a month and a half ago. Oh God. Uh, that is paying him more. Uh, but like under him is like Mick Feelin is experienced, but he's not really anything. Like he's not really been a much of a head coach anywhere else. I think he was at Hull for a minute, but like didn't do well. Hmm. So that so what is he doing? And then you've got Michael Carrick and Kieran McKenna, who are both pretty young, and neither of them has really done anything hmm. to, you know of note. So they're both learning on the job. Then Darren Fletcher is like our new technical director, and it's his first job and he's learning on the job, and you see and like it goes, you know, all the way yeah. down. So like there's really nobody I mean, that knows what they're doing
0: on the bright side i think they will all you know give them a few years and they will all have incredibly bright careers for other clubs that you will then be able to watch on television you know what i mean after they've after they've gotten some losses out in your house after they've finished peeing the bed and pooping the bed then they can go into someone else's bed and make very little to no excrement they will not miturate at all
1: wow that's that's a dream <laughs> I dream of a world where no one's shitting in my bed. <laughs> um speaking of shitting in my bed, uh, mm-hmm. no, no segue, but Arsenal one Watford nil with a is red there, card.
0: There should be a song Arsenal one Arsenal one Watford Nil. Something like that. I don't know. Um There is a song, Jeff. Oh. oh. I've heard this song. This is such an insane, like, fake soccer song gambit that was going on in the 70s. Oh, God. And you have no way to turn this off if we've established on previous podcasts. We're just going to have to ride this out.
1: Well, I think I can turn it off. I just can't, like, fix it. Um, But by the way... When was there ever like just a room of like forty men who were singing like this church hymnal about a soccer club? Yeah. Isn't that the isn't that the titles of Lord of the Flies? Didn't they use that song for that? Lord of the Flies. Parentheses. Arsenal were on your side. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. They all, all all the like bad kids win and they grow up and become bankers in London who watch Arsenal and eat prawn sandwiches.
1: I, so i want that song i just wanted it on the soundboard from now on so that way whenever there's like an arsenal moment we can just play that it feels we like you can something... just play
0: that authentic authentic song straight out of the stands at highbury well we've also got this one is this arsenal or united this could go either way yeah. i think that's the same guitar that we use in our theme song the same band? No, I mean... Oh, they could are united we the rest yeah, like, We're united until the next track We're united until the next track We know we are.
1: <laughs> and then they're like, alright, let's sing You'll Never Walk Alone next. Like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like there's no loyalty with these bands, just You're
0: forever blowing bubbles alone. No, I don't so,
1: know. Football songs is kind of its own, like, funny subculture. Like, even if yes. you think about, like, British music from past World Cups. Like I remember, the two thousand two one was called "We're on the Ball," and oh yeah, they would just name all the players of the roster, and they'd be like Scully to Beckham, Beckham to Gerard, Gerard to Haski, <laughs> and it's then like they're like seven Floor one. Crew.
0: Of do you remember that song?
1: No, but I thought you were. This is say hopping it's, it's, footballs. It's like YMCA.
0: Oh. Yeah, no, it has that vibe, but just the idea that they have to name everyone. I thought of this the other day because Greg Olson, uh, former tight end for the Miami Hurricanes and various other teams, Chicago Bears, is now a a commentator, which makes me feel old because I'm like, God, that guy was in college at the same time as me, but I remember when he was in college, he got in big trouble because him and a bunch of other Miami football players released this like uh, very lewd track called the seventh floor crew if you have that on the little
1: uh um, i could get it for next time possibly if you have
0: that on the soundboard i'll be very impressed but um he was like greg olson was sort of notable in that he was the only like country ass white boy asked to rap on this song um but he he held his own i have to say
1: did you ever hear the I so, by the way, I also don't know if we can play these songs on a podcast Like I don't know if it if if something will automatically detect that we've used it and then we'll get in trouble. Yeah.
0: We are gonna be sued into oblivion and possibly like blacklisted.
1: Shadow band. Yeah, we might get sued by that horror of a group that did both those Arsenal and United songs. So <laughs> stay tuned. If we, if we come back, it means we didn't get sued. I feel like that's why they did them. They didn't
0: do that thinking this is something that people will play over and over again in their <laughs> living rooms. They thought one day there's going to be a new form of media called podcasting. And when people play this song as a joke... That's when the checks start rolling (laughs) in,
1: baby. (laughs) I I would love to talk to anyone who made one of those songs. I want to just ask bluntly, just like, what was the story of why this ever happened? Like, yeah, is it? Well, we had chance and like, you know, fans singing at stadiums for, for decades and decades. We thought, what if we added minimal production value to that?
0: BBC 8, the Ocho, where we only record <laughs> we only record soccer choir singing groups. These are all men who have never seen soccer before and have chosen oh. to sing about
1: it. Or it's like Pete Peter and the Crouchies are like, we just want to play some of our hits. Uh, and it, then it's like, I don't know, songs about being tall. <laughs> but like each one's like a different Not metaphor. Not
0: Andy Carroll's band again. Oh, you know he would have a band.
1: Andy and the carolers would be oh, I think.
0: The carolers,
1: that's a good name for his friend. I've um, also, I've got a few I've got a few new uh, soundboard Things, like if we, if we start talking About something that's sad, but like I want to mock you for it mm-hmm.
0: So I Was dealing With the AIDS crisis the other day No, I don't know, that was too sad That was too <laughs> sad
1: <laughs> This is the incredible Hulk theme song this is
0: the. <laughs> All right, now we're definitely getting sued. We're getting sued by the soccer choir movement,
1: and Marvel. And, or then, like, who was the original Incredible Hulk? He was in like I Love You, Man. Eric Bana? Yeah, no, before, way before wait, him. Wait, like, oh, like in the seventies.
0: Oh God, I know this name. It's he like he sounds a, a little.
1: Like, he sounds like Andre the Giant a little bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, He's like
1: yeah. you playing my song. Uh, fuck,
0: I can't sound <laughs> like Andre the Giant. Anybody want a peanut? That um, looks more Schwarzenegger, but I don't know, maybe that's close. It's been a while since I've heard Andre the Giant. He's more of a guy I'm, you see than hear.
1: Yeah, I don't have the trombone in my in my esophagus to like get it that deep uh-huh. like Anybody want a peanut. Like it's it just <laughs> Let's just keep saying anybody want a peanut until one of us nails it, Anybody want a peanut. Um, you get bonus points
0: if you can do like a sound effect and or song or voice that the audience thinks is something that's on the soundboard but it's actually just you kind of doing your thing.
1: So I have to be the guy from Police Academy if I want to be successful around here. Right, I've changed the rules of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now it's an imitation game you could
0: say. Yes the most dangerous um, imitation game.
1: So, so sorry I, I uh, derailed us. So I did not watch your match. I was ever so slightly distressed and <laughs> depressed from mine, but I did see there was a uh, Watford had a red card. Do you want to tell us about like what what happened with the red card? Was it like
0: yeah? Nailed so on? it was it was kind of like a end of game red card, and it's weird. So like if you watch the clip, this is in like the eighty third minute. I want to say something like that. It was like towards the end of the game, and. We had Tavares cut in on his right foot from the left wing. He's our new left back, um, and it it looked so bad from the original camera angle that it was like, oh, of course, because like he 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 kind of stuck a foot in. I think it was Cucho is the guy's name. Like, I'm never going to say it correctly, but um, Tavares did like a full Obama Yang celebration flip, where it was like, whoa! But then when you watched it in slow motion, I kind of was like. I think Tavares is good at doing flips sideways and he just played this up like like he definitely fouled him and it was like right around the box. So who knows? Like it, would, it was definitely a valuable like place to get fouled. But um, I, I was sort of surprised that it was a red. But I honestly, I think for their cumulative performance, they definitely deserved a red. I mean, their whole thing, it's a Ranieri team. It's rotational fouling. I mean, mm. everyone on our team was getting hacked and there was I mean, it's just classic Arsenal where, I mean, I don't know, maybe just classic Arsenal fans where I always feel like the refs have got it out for us. But, I mean, in this game, they had like 12 fouls in the first 30 minutes or something like that, and they had three yellow cards. We had three fouls in the first 30 minutes. We also had three yellow cards. Um, you know, this seems to happen to us.
1: That, that brings up an interesting like point about the game that I'd love to talk to you about. Like, yes. the chronology of fouling seems to impact the severity of the punishment so often. like Yeah. Unless it's like 100% a red card, if it happens in the first half, they'll probably give it as yellow versus like right towards the end of the match. It's almost like the ref's like, you're doing this shit in the 85th minute? Fuck you. And like this red right. card.
0: Right. I, t- I gave you a lot of warnings and it won't screw up the game that much if I throw you out now. Like uh, you- we've already had 90% of it played correctly.
1: Or it's a red card foul, but it's two big rivals and it's a primetime match and they're like, this will change the outcome of the game. Well, and I also think,
0: because they're scared, because they're looking at it like, you know, they don't get to see it the way we do three times from three different angles in slow motion. They see it once. I mean, they do. And they're like, am I, am I, well, yeah, now they're supposed to. Although, you know, that starts the, don't pick the VAR scab right now. Um, But like, to me, it's like, they they ought to be able to get that right if they're Premier League ref. But at the same time, I get how, you know, if it's Manchester United Man City and there's a foul that looks like a red to you in the first minute, you're willing to bet, you know, maybe the biggest game of the year for these two teams on that one thing that you saw in a split second. But I digress. Um, I don't know. I think so. There were a few controversies. So the, the red card you could actually see that player saying like, it's my first one or something like that. I mean, he, they were very
1: officer. I've never been pulled over before. for this.
0: Yeah. Like officer, <laughs> as you know, you get one free cocaine and I would like to <laughs> use mine now like that. He's kind of saying that, which is funny because I think every player, me? every player thinks that they get one free, get out of jail free card of like, Oh, come on. You didn't give me my orange card. You know, that comes between the yellow and the red. You can't just give me two yellows in a row. Um, but there was a lot, I mean, they they played, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to sound like a big Homer, big bias Homer Simpson right now, but they, they're they scum, and I hate them. They played such a, like, scummy, foully, and then, like, every time there was any sort of collision with them, they stayed down, and then, I, I don't know, I mean, this is a decent segue to the sort of controversy of the game, so have you seen, have you seen what the... The interaction between Ranieri and Arteta at the end of the game.
1: No, but
0: this sounds like drama. Done, kicked the door in. Ooh, yes, it did. Um, so at the end of the game, Ranieri. I don't. I think they might not have shaken hands. Um, Ranieri came over and he made this big fuss, and then Arteta tried to respond to him, and Ranieri like stomped off, um, and wouldn't like hear him out, and basically the fuss was over. So the goal that we scored, um, it was early ish in the second half. And essentially, one of their players, I believe it was Tuzan, I want to say his name is. I can see the guy in my head, but I I'm probably screwed up the name. Anyway, he, he was like a forward for them, maybe like attacking mid. I don't know. He was up the pitch, and he was laying around on the ground as all of their team had done the entire game, trying to slow down, you know, trying to pull out the nil-nil draw. And as he's laying on the ground... They're passing it back and now we have like a full press on and uh, Danny Rose has the ball in the corner like getting attacked from all sides and he decides, well, I'm getting kind of like screwed anyway so I can either boot the ball up the field 20 yards which would be sort of the normal thing to do or since one of my guys has been rolling around on the pitch for no reason, I could just put it out and see if Arsenal are nice enough to give it back. So he puts it out but it's like by the time he puts it out, his players already standing back up, so Arsenal says, "Screw it," and just plays. And they throw the ball in, and then it, it goes. It doesn't go directly from that to the goal, but you can trace the goal back to this throw-in. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, if theoretically, if we had given it back to them, the complete the play would have been different, right? And but how Raniere,
1: far back? How far back can you really? Like, yeah. sometimes I've seen things where it's, like, there's an offside, like, two minutes before goal, and it's, like, okay, can we move on with our lives? Like, if it's not, yeah. like, in the immediate next ten yeah, seconds, exactly. I kind of don't care.
0: Yeah, like, there's only, like, there's only so far you can go down that rabbit hole, because there was always a foul within 30 seconds of it, somewhere on the pitch, I guarantee it. like Right. Um, Whether
1: it was called or not.
0: Right. But... Yeah, Ran- Ranieri was very upset about that. And even like there were a couple players on the field that were trying. They were like throwing their hand up like, what do you mean? But I don't know. It just gets at something that like for me, if players stopped playing it out forever, that would be fine. Like it the, ref- be the whistle, the referees, if it because if, every that's the problem is every player wants to lay on the ground now. You know what I mean? And they all every time they get an ouchie, it's gotta be the biggest ouchie ever, so they might get a penalty out of it, or they might get a foul out of it, or whatever it is. And if they're gonna do that, then really we should not be trusting opposing players on the opposite side of the pitch to be the arbiter of whether we should keep playing. It's gotta be the referee. Like that's and, an
1: unwritten rule. So like, yeah, yeah. like it's it, it, that's why if you're playing the referee. It's, is no, the no that's way a to written rule.
0: It, right. That
1: you have to play it back?
0: No, no, you're right. The unwritten rule is that you have to play it back, but the written rule is that only the official stops the game, right? You know what I mean? Like, just because you're trying to, like, be all classy or whatever, like, don't do it. Just keep playing, and the referee will stop it if it needs to be stopped. Um,
1: That's very logical, Jeff.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, there was definitely, there was some pretty widespread disagreement, and I'm sure if I were on the other side, I would see it differently. You know, I, I see the world through Arsenal red tinted glasses but it does to me, it's just one of those it's people love this whole like class thing that comes with soccer. It's new to me as an American, obviously I've never had any, but I, I just, I just, uh, I, I could do without that part. I could do without the putting the ball out of bounds and the kicking. Cause it's like every time you do it, it wastes five minutes of the game. It's like, it's not insignificant. I don't know.
1: And it's a bit, of a bygone era like it used to be sort of like a national game and not a global one like right. even, sorry it would it would probably be, it would be playing played globally wow i just really fumbled through all those words try again it was a global game but not a not like a european like champions league europa league type thing where and players were playing pretty much in the in, for the league mm-hmm. in the country they're from and when you think about that it is very much about like localized etiquette and behavior right. and like sort of the the zeitgeist of that community. But now yeah. it's like there can you're, be you're, more you're,
0: unwritten rules because people actually know them.
1: Yeah. And it's like we all know T times at four or like whatever. Like so. But now it's like you have a team in the Premier League uh, and everyone on the team is from everywhere on the planet. You can't assume there's the yeah. same unwritten values and like respect for that like look at Neymar and tell me there's like any French class in the way that he plays I would say arguably zero uh he's he's a 30 year old dumpster fire but like is he 30 years old already he's 30 it sucks I mean actually it's great because that means in a few more years there won't be any more Neymar and I'll be thrilled
0: that will be awesome no dude but you realize he's moving he's he'll be like the top of the list to go to la or someplace like that and all this he moves. will he will become your neighbor because <laughs> you said that
1: let's say Neymar, no more that's that's my hashtag that i've just uh concocted but but it's if
0: Neymar you- was actually your neighbor though would you delete this episode of the podcast and be really nice to him and try to be his friend
1: like, Dude, why are you living in a very slim townhouse in Mar Vista? Like, I feel like you could have like a, a mansion. It's just a little bit of that class that he learned. <laughs> just he's a very like, humble guy. No, he I, he he just tells me that Skylar, it's like you're living in the L.A. favelas. That's what. <laughs> so I just wanted to be closer to home. Yeah, this makes but, me but, feel so good to
0: be around people who are crap like you.
1: the, the reason the reason I brought up Neymar is like he's infamous for the like yes he gets fouled a lot but as a result he also turns into a wwe lightweight wrestler and he like yeah. flops around and it's it's like at times repugnant to watch uh especially if you are a fan of the other team so i i'm trying to relate to you on on watford for sure but like you're right it's a bit of a of an internal pandemic for soccer can i mm. say pandemic in a way that's not covid um you know it's a, <laughs> Probably it's not. an it's an epidemic in soccer then let's say that. that's but, it that's the but, one but watford clearly like shit team with desperate manager trying to avoid relegation and all that it entails i'm not saying yeah that i respect those tactics uh but like you get why right like if right. they played you straight head-on you'd win three nothing
0: yeah, I mean, that was always the issue that people had with Mourinho is like he would he would win the game in a sort of tactically cynical way. But you're like, dude, you're, you're doing this with the best teams on the planet. You're doing this with like a mint condition Chelsea or when it's like, of course you can win like that. Like you can win like that with a bunch of, you know, Stoke players if you do it right. But yeah.
1: I mean, there are several Stoke managers who are out of jobs at the moment that would argue that. There's an expiration date on, on those True. tactics, but like, I, I wish, in the same way that like baseball fans are starting to get sick of their teams intentionally tanking to reap the benefits of that with the draft system, hmm. I feel like football fans should be, you know, a little, we, we should be sick of teams that intentionally play awful football because it is visual entertainment. So, like, they're yeah. failing at half the job if they're just going for the result and they want all of their matches to be ugly. Like, to me, that it's a little bit like Vietnam tactics. You know, it's like, yes, you're outgunned. <laughs> so, they're jumping out of holes in the ground. And, like, you know, like right. the, the game changes to try and make it favorable for the disadvantaged. And I get that. And there are Malcolm Gladwell books about why that happens. But, sure. but if we all have to suffer through watching it, what's the point? Like, we are, we are the right. customer. I
0: mean, so you're saying that you would rather you'd rather the setup be that there are you know a certain number of teams who sort of play the game in a more visually appealing way, maybe 12 teams from across the continent who can never be relegated and get all the money. In no, the world. you're for the super league, is what you're saying.
1: I'm not for that at all. On the what record, I, what I am for, and I don't have, sorry, I don't have a specific execution in mind that would do this, but like mm-hmm. I wish the game itself would encourage more beautiful play. I wish that, like... I'm for that, too. I'm very much happened. for... Like,
0: I mean, because to me that that's one of the maddening things that I find about soccer is that, and this goes back to our earlier point, which is surprising for us, because usually we just drift off into space, but like, there, the unwritten... There's so much unwrittenness to the rules of this game, and there's so much interpretation, and there's so much, like, history and context, and it's like, maybe the rules should be written in a more black and white way. Like,
1: like lacrosse. Well, I don't <laughs> you know. can enter this zone. Well, <laughs>
0: yeah, well, it's not, it's not like you need to change the game fundamentally, but I just think some of the way that things are called, like to me, the tie should always go to what is fun to watch and what, and, and what showcases, you know, the most talented players and the most interesting plays and passages of play. Like, I, I just think that that should be the
1: priority what if there was I, like how how could you codify like a penalty for someone parking the bus like that, that hmm. to me is interesting i don't know how you do it I can't, I can't even imagine it um but some dis some deep disincentivization for like ruining the next two hours of our lives i feel like so that we have brilliant minds once they You know, finished with all the vaccines and all the medications, maybe they could be like, and and now Watford.
0: I mean, Uh, probably the best one that I could think of for that is, this is like back when Arsene Wenger was still a superhero instead of the supervillain he's slowly drifting to becoming with FIFA. But he was proposing that we change the offsides rule to be basically if any part of you is onside, then you're onside. And his argument is that there'll be less... Um, there'll be less controversy of like people being offside by a toenail. If you know what I mean? Um, And I think that there's something to that. And then I think it becomes, it at least becomes harder. Even if you're trying to park the bus, it's not as easy. You know what I mean? Even just little rule tweaks like that. And even parking the bus, I really don't have that much of a problem with someone saying like, dude, we're Brentford. We're going to have to sit back and counterattack. You know what I mean? Like I'm fine with that. What I don't like to see is like, let's foul everyone up and down the pitch and possibly like break both of Aaron Ramsey's legs in his prime. And then let's also, every time we are fouled, let's cry about it for, you know, five minutes and let's slow down the game that way. You know, like some of the time wasting and that stuff, it's like, you could make a rule. That's like, you know what? No, we're really calling after, after literally six seconds. If you don't take the goal kick, like, bye-bye, like yellow card.
1: What if, what if, uh, with fouls. Like so that specifically, I think you could adopt basketball rules where it's like after X quantitative called fouls, yeah. that's a yellow card. Whereas yeah. right now it's very it's very up for interpretation, like you said. But if it was like even five tiny fouls, we're saying that's a negative impact on the on the match, so yellow card. Yeah. And maybe it's like, I don't know. I mean if you're if you're fouling someone eight times, maybe you should be getting sent off. Like maybe you would be already. Maybe it's not that big of a Difference yes. or impact? It's just like you, like you're saying, it's making a number. It's making it like, less arguable.
0: Yeah, because like in the basketball system, it's like w- an individual player accumulating fouls. But mm-hmm. I think like the weakness for that in soccer is like even a team that's fouling the shit out of you, it's not going to be like one guy getting five of them. So like if there was oh. a team, like I don't know, could there be a team thing where after your team, after your team has ten fouls in a game, then your captain gets a yellow? Or, you know, or someone Your
1: captain, Jeez. I don't know. I, I don't know who, who, who should get it.
0: Well, yeah, but the captain's like the most responsible. So I feel like if it has to fall on someone, it should be
1: him. I don't Here's think that, do. that I don't I don't Just think that's on the... a new captain. And then you're like, All right, you're that you're the fall guy. <laughs> you're you're, yeah. you're going to take a hit for <laughs> <Yeah. in> the <laughs> team. Baby, captaining his
0: 100th appearance <laughs> for Manchester United. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, the fall captain. No, but it's true, though, but it's like, I mean, the fall captain is a good illustration of this, where, like, anytime you try to legislate some of the shithousery out of it, it. yeah, it's like, you just created a new opportunity for shithousery, and people will do that.
1: That is, that's true, I mean, one thing you could do is just empower the officials to to more regulate the, the, the shenanigans, but then what if they start handing out yellow cards, and you're like, actually, I... I don't think that's yeah. what's trying to happen. It's still it's still it, trying to moderate a gray area.
0: Well, and then it comes down to like the foundational problem. I mean, this is the problem. This is the problem in general is like w- the talent level of the referees, I feel is just not up to par. And like, may- I don't know, Maybe, maybe I'm too much of a perfectionist. Maybe it'll never get there. But it just seems like if your only job is to do this, you should at least be able to be consistent. Like I know that you're not going to be able to see everything, but like there are certain things where there are, it's a foul in one game, it's a yellow card in another, it's a no call in one another, it's a red card in another, and it's like they should be able to standardize certain things that happen on the game, in the game.
1: It's, it's a little bit like mirroring the modern like priest seminary issue of like it's all 95-year-olds because there's no 30-year-olds who want to be virgins forever, or sorry – Twenty-two year olds who want to be virgins forever. Like whenever you. Sorry, decide, I'm, gonna need, I'm gonna need you to
0: explain. Uh, just you don't have to explain it, but just run that back again. I, will. I miss some of the details.
1: If you are if you're growing up and you're passionate about football and you want to make yes. it your career, you're trying yes. to become a footballer. You're not True. thinking, oh man. When I go to college, I'm going to go to the refereeing institute. Like you're. That's yeah. not really a thing. So the, the few oddballs that become referees, like who knows how they ended up taking that path, but like right. It's like teachers in America, like you want, if you want better, whatever, pay them more, make it more of an idealized position, and I yeah. think you'll get I do think co-
0: competition out. does help. I mean, and that, I th- that was the thing that Wenger used to get in a ton of trouble for, because he would bring up, because he was one of the guys that championed the idea of having like full-time professional referees, because I think in the past, it was, I mean, it's always been professional in the sense that they were paid, but they all had to have other jobs. It was always, it was like a hobby. That somehow determined the outcome of these like million to billion dollar sporting events, and is like this isn't right. And but his his point is that the the level didn't improve, and I think he even argued that it went down over the years. So I I don't know. I don't know what the that fix just is. The older
1: older guy getting older, jaded. Yeah. Place, which I am yeah. experiencing at thirty six.
0: In, in the past, um, we were winning many games, so the refereeing therefore was probably quite good. Um, but now we are we are losing many games and. And this voice is becoming more and more Terminator every minute. <laughs> but and at first, it's... you
1: at first you were kind of nailing it. I was really impressed.
0: I I like I'm a streaky shooter when it comes to impressions. Like I Diddy. get some, I get <laughs> I get some, but I never keep them. And then it's like, like it's if you ask me five minutes later to do it again, it gets way worse. It's like throwing darts.
1: I'm like <laughs> this is being chucked in the general direction of where it needs to go. Could be a bullseye. Could be a dead waitress. I don't know.
0: For me it's like I'm 100% like impersonating the emotional aura of that person and I have absolutely no knowledge of how they actually sound. And if you, you like You feel try... like
1: Wenger. You feel like Yeah,
0: them. for a minute I was like I'm a Frenchman, I'm a bit older, um I'm... <laughs> but I I I cannot keep it up for very long.
1: Because you realize you don't have that that fat FIFA paycheck coming in and you were like, "Oh, well, I'm uh,
0: quite sad." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if I had the feet, fat FIFA paycheck coming in, I would try harder at my impressions.
1: We here at Fat FIFA would like to encourage all of the <laughs> fattest players. Like Troy Deeney is like our MVP. Uh,
0: <laughs> Double F I F A. <laughs>
1: um, Sam Allardyce is like manager of the season. Frank Lampard never stops. Who's, who's
0: Stan Allardyce? That's Sam's brother. <laughs> I said Sam.
1: I said it's Sam, standing. but I have Invisalign in my mouth. Don't uh, don't hate on my disability or I will send you a <laughs> fake lawyer. Can you letter.
0: can you say the name Sissoko, please, with the Invisalign? Sissoko. <laughs>
1: uh
0: well well taken.
1: Is she that player that likes pizza?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: No, that's all uh, the Lester players. They eat pizza after big whiz. Uh, uh, dude, I could've done that voice from like episode one and no one would they wouldn't know what I really sounded like.
0: I'm not even sure. Oh, you mean just from the get-go?
1: Yeah, like if you started meeting soccer like this, be like did that. Real voice is, in is in college,
0: weird. I had a calculus professor who did an entire lecture. His name was uh, as he introduced himself, my name is uh Dr. Tim Pilochowski. And he did the entire lecture in a thick thick polish accent and everyone there it was like calculus for like not particularly mathy people like it was like i don't know people who were not like gonna be engineers and stuff and we were all looking at each other like this is just not gonna work but he was
1: was he faking you out
0: at the very end he goes all right so i'll see you guys tomorrow and don't <laughs> worry about my accent <laughs> but he he nailed the accent going in like um but man that's people awesome. were really really having a tough time
1: I at, like, l- but but that day onward he'd be a legend like that that's like a good way to like make cla- episode two of your class or thinking of podcast terms episode two of your class would be like so fun <laughs> from then on because they know you're kind of a fucker and like those were some of the best teachers as long as it of course didn't cross the line into complete fuckery just like quasi fuckery like you want that yeah no I mean, but there was a little part
0: of me that the rest of the class, I was like, ah, come on. Like, you can't actually expect us to derive these equations, right? This is a joke, right? And then it was like, like, no, "No,
1: this is a joke. How many Polish people does it take to teach a calculus (laughs) class? And he's like, one motherfucker. (laughs) More
0: than one, apparently. You failed. (laughs) Uh,
1: How how did we get down this weird (laughs) anti-Polish? No, That's an excellent
0: segue to the anti-Polish portion of this podcast. (laughs) No, we I'm are getting. sponsored Actually, I'm by getting. Belarus. I'm going, uh, listeners of the show, and I know you are Legion, I'm going to Poland next month. Never been before. I'm going to go to Krakow just before the Christmas period. So let me know if you have any cracking Krakow recommendations. Um, and then uh,
1: Pierogies are great. Um, you should definitely ask 10 people who invented vodka to get into like a great debate you don't want to be in. <laughs> Like, which country or which person? Is there a guy um, named, like, Mr. Vodka? Poland v. Russia. It's like, I've watched Vice documentaries about it, but people from either country refuse to relent in the argument.
0: Yeah, that's a dumb argument, because vodka sucks anyway. Vodka, (laughs) Vodka is just bad chemistry from, like, 1901. They're like, let's try to make pure alcohol, but we're not good at it. And then people have been, like, imitating that, like... Who cares about vodka I don't know, vodka
1: is the worst. Yeah, vodka's kind of like if you were like making meth, you're like, well, now that we've perfected that, what else
0: can we do? But it's even it's not even like perfected, because like perfected is like everclear or something. Like that's what they were shooting for. But then they made this other thing that sort of tastes good if you're an alcoholic. And they like do that, but it's like, why what is the point of this? Like to me it's like it's like the meth that Jesse was making at the beginning of Breaking Bad that was like I guess good enough, like it was selling, it was meth. Low clarity? It was not nearly that blue stuff that Walter started making later.
1: Which Wait, was it blue because he was just like using like cough syrup and shit? Wasn't that
0: it? Well, no, because it was blue because he sort of like, like the easy way to make meth was like starting with Sudafed and then getting there. And so that like, I guess most meth is red or at least it is. My entire knowledge of meth comes from the show Breaking Bad, by the way. But, um,
1: and my entire knowledge and- of math comes from that Polish college story.
0: <laughs> no, that's not true. You were one question away from a perfect score on the SAT.
1: Wow, your memory is like, I, to me, it's incredible. I don't remember,
0: remember one detail from a conversation we had a week ago. What?
1: I don't remember talking to you.
0: <laughs> to be fair, don't count on me to do that again. I cannot replicate that every time. Count um, on you to do what? To remember a thing from a conversation oh, a conversation week ago. we
1: just had, right? Uh- <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about? I don't um, know. Uh, we were doing Breaking Bad tacticians, and it was about Ole Gunnar Solskjær. I think is what we were talking it? about. I don't even think that was the case. No,
0: we were talking about meth. Whatever. Let's just be done. We finished. He was the like, meth. "Call me
1: Gegenpress <laughs> instead of Heisenberg." I don't know. I was really trying yeah.
0: to. Okay, I'll give you that.
1: Were you you satisfied with the one 0 win, just to put a put a rubber stamp on that, or do you think it it was was
0: in the sense that, like, I think that we should have won by more. Our XG was much more. The really, I mean, we had a penalty that Obama Yang missed. He missed a couple other sitters. So, like, if he just, like, usually if you give him three good opportunities and one of them is a pen, he's coming out with one, maybe two or three goals. And today he did, you know, that day he did zero. So, I I mean, overall, I felt like the team played well enough for it to be like a 2-0 win. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean.
1: So maybe underwhelmed with the end result, but happy for the three points. You live to find another day. Yeah, and like, it,
0: it felt like we were playing well. It's just one of those games where you're like hitting posts and, you know, like we had two goals get called. Um, back for being off sides we had we missed a penalty so it was like there was a bunch of like i mean it, it, on another day a few inches different here and there and it could have been a bloodbath in our favor so i was okay with it
1: when you said Ob- Ob- obama missed a few sitters i was like what is he a creepy dad <laughs> i've missed you but the sitter fact, yeah the fact that babies. i said it Three minutes later kind of doesn't prove the quick the quick wit at all. So. But look
0: at you remembering a thing.
1: Remembering what? Three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember either. <laughs> Who was um, it?
0: When in um, doubt, we talk about Arsene Wenger, right? And I think we've reached the second Arsene Wenger portion of this podcast. Oh, yeah, we've,
1: we got to do Wenger and then uh, Glory, Glory, Other United.
0: <laughs> um, the only thing I will say about... This quote that has gone viral is this is the exact kind of quote that's super controversial. If you were a jerk who works at the Sun or Metro, what because if you read is the quote, I so I have the whole quote here in front of me. I'll read do through, it. I'll read this whole thing, and then you can see where it's like, oh, I see how they're going to twist
1: that to make him sound like a jerk. Here's the quote. Wait, Jeff, you need to attempt to do your voice as long as you can. <laughs> okay. You need to try.
0: I should have gone somewhere else. Uh, My fatal flaw was that I loved too much where I was. or Actually, he said, too much where I am. I mean, where I was. I identified myself completely with Arsenal, and that was the mistake I regret. But now there is no special reason for me to go there. I could have gone to the French national team or the English national team three times. I could have gone twice to Real Madrid, to Juventus, to PSG, and even to Manchester United. (gasps)
1: Gasp! Here's the funny part. About himself, he's going, they could have signed me. Like, holy shit, is that peak Venger, like, meme comment. It's all yeah. the almost, all the what I almost have.
0: He almost signed himself. He's reached, wow, that's a really good point. No, I mean, he he loves to play that shoulda, coulda, woulda game. And, I mean, look. But he also he, could be true. saying,
1: like, that doesn't mean he had contract offers for all those places. That could have meant that someone yeah. was talking to him, you know? yeah.
0: And, and I I think that they' that's the thing that drove me nuts about the other things and he, when he would always be like oh I almost signed Ronaldo I'm like dude almost what like but I think in a lot of these cases he had pretty good like I for sure it's pretty well documented with Real Madrid that they threw themselves at him several times and for him to say no to that I think is pretty huge and speaks to his commitment to the club and honestly like I don't blame him like he didn't get to finish his project that he had given up a a whole lot for. Right. But uh, the the part, I mean, if you are keeping track of British tabloid writing at home, then you know the way that that long, nuanced quote will get shortened down is, it should, awesome. should have gone somewhere else, dot, 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 Manchester United. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which he did mention later. And, I mean, man. Like, so, uh, apparently that reference to Manchester United, he was in the conversation with Moyes at the end to be the successor to Ferguson.
1: I love how, dude, some of your pronunciations, I like, are my favorite part of this podcast. You made David Moyes Spanish. Moyes.
0: You don't say that two syllables? Is it Moyes? Moyes?
1: Yeah, Yeah, like rhymes with boys. They used to say we were Moyes boys for like the first few months and then they were like, oh no. I thought there was
0: like a one and a half syllable, like Moyes, Moyes.
1: Is that one and a half? I'm hearing one syllable out of you. Moyes. <laughs> I'm Sorry, <laughs> just Dude, like I'm, Tom, not to, I'm not trying to. Tom, give you a hard Tom time.
0: Tom and Cameron Diaz.
1: <laughs> I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I just am. Mm, good man. <laughs> I just in 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 actuality, I'm giving you a hard time. No, but like I I so back to Vanger. Like I be, I believe. He could have gone elsewhere for sure. Like, Of course he could long, have. But like, you know what, Jeff? I could have kissed Olivia Wilde. Yeah, there's some of that. She was sitting right next to me. If I was a piece of shit, I could have kissed her. It would have been <laughs> violating like three laws and like ten decency norms, but I could have. You would have, have. You would but have I was...
0: canceled the podcast before we'd even started.
1: But but in actuality, I had zero percent chance of kissing Olivia Wilde. So like to say yeah. so is is a little bit of a you know like I think you know Ben what I mean?
0: had a much better chance at all the jobs he mentioned <laughs> than you had at kissing Olivia Wilde. To be fair,
1: but I was sitting right next to her. I almost signed her. Like she was two inches away from me. <laughs> yeah. But, but, um, like no, I'm of course I agree with you. But I'm like I'm making a point that like it doesn't mean he was very close to leaving Arsenal. It doesn't mean that like yeah it just didn't happen for whatever reason. I think he's just being wistful at the way his career sort of, instead of, like, Fergie went out with a bang in in a way. like I'd be envious of that for my own career. Like, to be able to finish on top, leave, and then watch the next five people say, I don't know how this genius did it. It's impossible. Like, that's perfect. That's a perfect ending that Vanguard was denied.
0: Yeah. And 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 in some ways, you have, like, I've always kind of thought that, like, Alex Ferguson he sort of knew when to sell on that team. Like he knew that he didn't, he wasn't going to do it again. This is the best it's going to be.
1: You and gotta know when to hold them. He knew
0: when, to, know fold when to hold them. And he definitely knew when to walk away and throw a turd sandwich in the lap of David Moyes. <laughs> you
1: no, know, I'm hoping that we keep doing that and that we can like reference some of the like name because it's hard. Like they're, like if I don't fuck yeah. off love, I'll fuck up a bunch of the names. I
0: just—I've definitely heard. Well, also because like I'm listening to like German announcers do these (laughs) names too. So like I've heard them say it that way. I didn't. I don't know. Maybe that's like someone calls him
1: David Moyes. I'm sure there was like Spanish commentary (laughs) that was doing that because that's it's like me saying Ibiza versus trying to give myself a gap tooth so I can pronounce (laughs) right. A pizza. Um, (laughs) A pizza. Yeah. So okay. So that quote. I don't know, man. Maybe it's that I'm so such a cynic right now, and I'm so like just defeated and depressed across every aspect of my life. I'm like, who cares? Like, <laughs> in a way, it's like, that, yeah, the manager who was here was thinking about what could I have done because that's a character trait that he frequently does about transfers. So it's like not that crazy, but yes, it's more like the British press is like kind of really annoying.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's that. It's that and. I don't know. I think I th- like the real s- tragedy of the British pest being very annoying is that it it forces everyone to react speak to it. in this. Yeah, it forces everyone to speak in this very trained, like media um, wary way. Whereas like, like whenever I don't know, this is like part of why Vardy was like such a fun thing when he first popped on the scene is because he just didn't like that you don't get that training down in the 4th division or wherever he was. So he popped in and he just started saying whatever he wanted and he was like, "You can't do that." But it was like, "Actually, it's kind of fun to like hear people actually give their thoughts and not like, I don't know, rip them apart
1: sideways to make them look like an idiot." In a way, it's almost like football's had like a little bit of a cancel culture, but from internally from within the league. Yeah, like the league. the I mean, I, but I think aren't like American sports leagues the same way where like they very much clamp down on free speech unless you're like a For superpower. Sure. I think maybe
0: even more so because most of the leagues in America, I mean, they are monopolies like in the NFL, like you don't even get to go to court with the NFL. They have an arbitrator that they have on their salary. They like you get to argue with the NFL, whether or not the NFL screwed up kind of thing.
1: It's like being a child.
0: Yeah, it's a little, it's a lot like being a child. Whereas, I mean, to a certain extent, it's like that with the Premier League and everything too, but it's a little bit more decentralized power structure. Um, but actually that, you know, that's one thing that I going back to our earlier, earlier conversation, I think that this connects is if you really want the referees to improved, then I don't think that making, putting a, a gag order on everyone in the league is the best way to do that. To me, like there should be certain things that are out of bounds. Like if if you get up on the stand after a game and you say like,
1: you know, fascist shit,
0: right? Like, or if you're if you're threatening the family of a referee, or you're you know what I mean? You're if you're if there there should be a line of decorum. But if you just want to go and say, look, I actually don't think that that was a penalty, and if you read the rule book, like the rules agree with me. To me, that is helpful. Like you the referees, like any other public person, like the football players themselves, like a congressman, like anybody, should be able to be criticized. And I think some of that criticism may very well make them better in the long run. What they, what
1: happens when the criticism and I'm just playing devil's advocate, I, I think I agree. Yeah, with yeah. That. What happens when the criticism gets weaponized? <coughs> Jurgen Klopp, sorry. Mm-hmm. What happens when Jurgen Klopp starts bitching about how this one team just gets nothing but penalties all the time? And Mm -hmm. then guess what starts happening? We stop getting penalty. It's like, it's very clearly like someone else using communication to change future match results. So, like, I get it. I get it. It's just not very effectively enforced and employed the way it is now either. So, it's like, it's a system.
0: because they're like the things that he says are considered in bounds, but if you want to actually sort of criticize a technical aspect of a refereeing decision, whoa, buddy, that's too far. And it's like why? Like, well, because
1: they they don't want why it to not? order. They don't want it to become like oh, you can actually abuse the referees, and that that position is just like you you don't have human right. rights. But like they're drawing the line very conservatively.
0: I mean, like should you- we just? Should we just make them do the game in, like, squid game masks where we don't know their identity? And then we can just say, like, look, referee number
1: two, he missed a couple offsides tonight. Oh, you mean you meant the officials? I thought you meant the players. I'm like, there's a striker up top. He has not pressed <laughs> at all. He just wants the ball played into him. Triangle to, from-
0: triangle to circle. Circle back to triangle. He loves it into the box. It's
1: Triangle! And you know what? I think that triangle was Ronaldo, and I'm going to tell you why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Triangle not playing any defense. I noticed
1: triangle triangle fixing his
0: hair beneath a mask.
1: Triangle's only eating raw chicken breasts (laughs) through his mask. It's like the little triangle mouth port opens up, and he just crams in a chicken breast. That's Ronaldo. Um, Yeah, I I think this is an interesting conversation. I'm sure the fact that you and I are having it, like anything where you and I, you or I propose an improvement to the game it's like how dare we we're americans like how could we possibly like all of our leagues suck and they're plastic nonsense which to a certain extent i agree with but you and i are also smart humans who watched enough to to sort of understand where the pain points are to understand like where the flaws are maybe we don't have the solutions but it's like it's something in this area could could improve like For example, when we were talking about sort of the emotional cadence and rhythm of yellow and red cards being assigned and and like foul happening in the beginning versus foul happening at the end, or it's this guy that I have a biased opinion of already because he's famous for rolling around on the ground. So I'm like, all of these things, if we just had AI officiating, would be gone. The computer would not be considering like news context in assigning a yellow card it would be like does this meet the mathematical qualification for a foul Yeah, and like I think yes you don't want a shitty version of that system but a good version of that system I think would improve every fucking sport and I think referees are on borrowed time the same way Mm. that like if you're a Walmart greeter you're on kind of borrowed time
0: (laughs) you think that the first thing that's going to be mechanized is the Walmart greeter like (laughs) Wally. Boston dynamics kind of it's gonna, style be guy. That,
1: it's gonna be that like military like panther he also robot chases
0: down shoplifters and shoots <laughs> them in the back. <laughs> I think
1: it ha- I think it should pantomime actually eating them, even though it's a robot that doesn't have a stomach. It's like that would fuck people up enough that they wouldn't steal shit anymore.
0: That's a really good point. Like if the prison was in a giant mech robot that you had you had to like stay in that prison.
1: You and I, Jeff, had like six good pointers for like how they can improve the beautiful game. But Halliburton's going to take the one thing away from this podcast and be like, yes, let's they will. make the robots actually eat people.
0: Arson Wenger, evil Arson Wenger that works for FIFA. If you're listening to this, these, all of these ideas are copyrighted. We have absolute patent protection.
1: Well, uh, once I almost uh, signed for Halliburton. And,
0: uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is a very interesting idea. I didn't see it, but uh, the Walmart greeter who can shoot you in the back and kick you in the balls, I like this very much.
1: I went from uh, one arsenal to the next, you <laughs> could say. theirs was a war arsenal.
0: <laughs> I, the first day I showed up for my job making the cannon, that was going <laughs> in a bad place.
1: They are a very attacking lineup. Speaking they of recruit, places they that recruit, have too many hey, guns done, damn, in it. damn it. Damn <laughs> it. I was Go like, for it. they recruit uh, only 18-year-old uh, college dropouts.
0: <laughs> 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 Sorry. Sorry. At least they were 18. Your jokes are getting slightly more inbounds. My jokes okay. are
1: maturing, uh, much like Arsenal's recruitment <laughs> <laughs> policy. But yes. Uh,
0: much like have- the rivalry between... Two international teams that will face each other in this international break.
1: I believe that we will win.
0: I do love how we're not changing this chant. Everybody's like, this is bad. We're like, you're bad.
1: <laughs> no, they also now, this is the new one that they do, and it's like so basic that I don't get it. It's like, you! us You! it's like, so our idea was going slowly faster. (laughs) That was our,
0: like... I feel like, yeah, like, we had a USA chant. It's pretty well documented. Let's take some balls to try a new one.
1: Do you think that this would work for other countries, though? B! O!
0: (laughs) You're doing Bosnia.
1: I! I'm not done. A!
0: Could be Bosnickety.
1: H-E-R! like they have to speed it up before they've gotten to the second half of the country. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just feels like our chanting culture as a nation is like really pathetically shit. It doesn't have like any- Oh, I
0: disagree. I really so disagree.
1: Like oh, please. Count it I mean,
0: i think it's very different like like i love the songs that you hear in british stadiums but i feel like it's it's as different as watching like monty python or the it crowd or some sort of british humor like and i think that like some of the most clever like little stadium things i've ever seen partially i'm biased because i've been in more american stadiums than any other but like the chanting can be really it's like when people sort of take Like the piss out of the chant a little bit. It's amazing. Like I remember (laughs) sitting in the stands for this Maryland game, and uh, oh, so you're talking college? Well, yeah, but it's all. I mean, it's the same sporting culture.
1: I think it's different, though. I think it's different because that's like a stadium full of semi-drunk or drunk eighteen to twenty-two year olds, and they're just horsing around and having a good time. That helps. Which I would say is just like Premier League minus the age range, but here it's like. It's like football, it's like also corporate and family and like there's really no hooligan culture and I want to say hooligan culture slash club supporter culture and club supporter culture is where you even get those songs sort of shared and implemented. It's like the people that well, I mean, up. there's
0: no there's no veneer of af- affordability in American sports anymore. Which right. is, I think like when you're in a, like the only game that you could ever imagine a whole section of like 18 to 25 year olds is a college game. Like there's no NFL game that you're going to be like that many people are going to have two hundred dollar tickets. It's insane. Whereas you still can find that. I mean, less and less in the Premier League, but at least they've established that culture over 100 years. Whereas I don't know in the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna see any good chance anything funny it's gonna be in a college basketball game probably maybe college football
1: all college yeah but I think that there's like a there's like an intelligence and a youthful energy to all of all college athletics like I remember going to like a Boston college soccer game against Boston University and like sitting next I got to sit next to like three or four of the New England revolution players including Dempsey best rapper in football um dude yeah and, Deuce and like, a- ATL Hawk, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whoever we're back with. But, like, I remember, like, with a smattering of, like, I don't know, 100 BC fans there, like, there was shit being yelled out. Like, they were just, because yeah. there's people showing off in front of other people. And, like, that's kind of, like, that's, like, funny peanut gallery shit that I don't think exists in, in American. So, oh, wait, so let's not, do, like we only have a few minutes left. Let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about, so... World Cup qualifying. We're at, we're about to enter yet another international break, where I'm sure half of Manchester United will come back injured. Um, but we are about to, on Friday, three days from now, play the United States versus Mexico, our biggest uh, continental Ooh. rivals, on Friday in Cincinnati. So Cincinnati, Ohio. They definitely went for a uh, not south. Like I think they intentionally try to schedule those not in Texas. Sorry. Right. Not in Texas, not in California. Not in LA.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Like they try to avoid the places where it would feel like a home game for Mexico because of the amount of Mexican Americans who still support Mexico, which I which don't I have a fully problem support. with. Yeah, I don't have a problem with. I have a problem with how they often support Mexico, uh, sure. <laughs> like throwing huh. homophobic things, throwing bottles of piss, like those kinds of things. But right. but because this is in Cincinnati, probably won't be dealing with much of that. What's interesting is. The, the lineup is, is going to be, the potential lineup is interesting. I don't know if you, I'm going to throw some names at you. You tell me your familiarity and I'll try and give you my own two cents of who this person is. And like why you should care or why you should be interested in them. Is that, is that a cool sort of game exercise to play? Uh,
0: yes, and the answer is none of them basically. You know, you <laughs> I, know- I
1: know very little. Alright, let's start with who you do know. Christian Pulisic. Got him, but so he will not be in the lineup or is he, he what's his he, deal? So he's just coming back from like kind of a lengthy injury period with Chelsea. Uh, yeah. But he's he is healthy enough. He's in the Ooh, camp. He's traveling. He's coming back. So either he will be starting, which it really depends on how he's doing in training over the next few days. If he's handling it fine, I think he'll be starting because there's, there's really nobody better uh, in our whole lineup. Uh, except maybe Gio Reyna, Giovanni Reyna at Borussia Dortmund, who is out for the rest of the year. He got hurt oh. during our last international break, and he just has not uh, been able to come back from that, which is a bummer because he might be our first hundred million dollar pound player, Giovanni Reina. Wow, uh, Big G- call. better, even better than his dad, Claudio Reyna, who was at one point the best United States midfielder mm-hmm. ever, playing for City, uh, Rangers, Sunderland. Wow. to name a few, but, um, so Pulisic probably on the left, left wing, Ricardo Pepe.
0: I see that.
1: So Ricardo Pepe is interesting because we've, we've as a nation improved our midfield. We now have a pretty great midfield of Weston McKenney at Juventus, Tyler Adams at RB Le- Leipzig, uh, and, uh, Yunus Musa who plays for Valencia in Spain. And he's like, he's a starting teenager in midfield for Valencia. That's amazing. Um, I like, did not he, know any of this. I don't watch any of these team games. He is like, he's Musa is exciting because he's a player who can dribble. And like, he is a penetrating dribbler in mid in center midfield. And it's like kind of great to, to have that and see that. That's sure. like the kind of thing that like top like top countries that would play against us would have, and we would never have. We would have to right. beat them with just working hard and like parking the bus a little bit. But like Musa yeah, is like exciting. Hard sucks. It really does. But so Pepe Ricardo Pepe, uh, we one of the areas we've sucked as a country for a long time at is striker. Like Brian McBride might be the last like great out and out striker we've had. Like How much Bryant. are
0: you stretching the definition of great? Because you definitely lingered on that for a little bit.
1: Because like Landon Donovan sometimes played striker, so I don't. But he was mostly yeah. an attacking midfielder slash winger. Clint also was kind of playing off of off of the side for a lot. But yeah, you're right. Dempsey Dempsey had a lot of attributes that were also new to the U.S. pool. Like he could do like trick shit. He he had like technical finesse in a way that right. like many of us didn't. He would he, he had great poaching instincts. But like not. a guy who fast. scored
0: 20 plus goals in the Premier League. Not many of those coming through.
1: Did he score 20? I mean, cumulatively, I don't think he had a 20-goal season.
0: I think he did, didn't he? Maybe for, not in the for, Premier for League. I think Fulham? he had a season where in all competitions he was like 20-something.
1: Was it for Fulham?
0: Yes. And then, because then he, when he went to Tottenham, he did not replicate that. Yeah, he did really yeah.
1: didn't even play, which I could have told him if he would asked me. But, like... Like I remember, but he didn't
0: ask you even after you had given him your number at the Boston College Boston
1: U game. He signed my BC soccer ball. I really do like him. I don't want to. I don't want to talk shit about him. But Clint was one thing that I think we need our striker. He was. He was not one thing we need out of our striker, which is pacey. So like, if you could take Josh Sargent's pace and Clint Dempsey's everything else, you'd have a phenomenal player. But right now, Josh Sargent only has Josh Sargent's pace, and he sucks. He sucks for the United States. He sucks for Norwich. He's still young, but, like, I don't really think that he will do it. Ricardo Pepe, 18-year-old striker for FC Dallas, starts for them week in and week out. When we needed him, when in our last World Cup qualifying cycle, we were headed towards losses. and Like, we still haven't done that great. But Ricardo Pepe has been a part of almost all the fucking goals we've scored hmm. as an 18-year-old And right now, he's currently negotiating, I think, to go to Germany. So he will be an 18-year-old playing in Germany, possibly starting in Germany, um, in a way that like Josh Sargent was also, but Josh Sargent never really had a period of like explosiveness where we're like, look at all the goals and assists Josh Sargent got. got. He was always just all promise and never really kind of delivered. Pepe's already, I think, better than Sargent. So, So- Definitely excited, even if you watch this match belatedly, Jeff, because it'll be on late at night when you're asleep, uh, local time for you. Like yeah. I hope you can watch it the next day, and I hope that it's a good result, uh, because Pepe will be a part of almost anything good that happens for us.
0: I'm, I'm going to do my damnedest to watch this game. You're getting me into it. Tim Weah? Sorry, before you do that, real okay. quick, I looked it up. The, the final Fulham season, um, it looks like he had um, 14 Premier League goals. No, that's pretty good and 15, tally. He had 15 Premier League goals, actually, and 21 in all competitions. But some um, of those were
1: FA Cup, right? And I think sure. he scored but against Juventus. Sure, that's Did you ever see the goal he scored against Juventus? Um, I'm not sure I have, actually. He scored, I think, a pretty sick goal against Juventus when it was like the one-year it was An either audacious
0: four- chip from the very edge of the penalty box, as yeah, Wikipedia. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was pretty beautiful, and then I think he also wow. scored like a pretty sick goal for or like against either Liverpool or City. Okay. So he had some he had some bright spots. I don't I don't mean to for do sure. deuce a disservice. I just think with no, the way the team, did. I by the
0: way, I don't. And I hope it wasn't coming off that way.
1: No, but, but with the way the team's playing now is a four-one-two-three. And, like, you want those the striker and the two wingers up top, that three, to all be pacey and all, like, be tricky and all be able, like, that's, yeah. that's who's generating a lot of it. Because, like, McKenny is kind of a box to box ball winner, physical guy. Adams is very defensive. Musa's a little bit like. Musa's like a young, not shit Fred, as <laughs> the way I'd put it. Like, Musa will probably end up being a better player than Fred, I think, by the time his career is done. But. Sure. But because of all of that, like it really does put a lot of pressure on the striker to to be able to get behind defenses, like especially mm-hmm. if we're playing in CONCACAF against like scrappy nations with a fraction of our talent and spending power, spending power. Sorry, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean—a fr- a fraction of our, of the size of our sure, program, sure.
0: our recruiting ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes, yeah, yeah.
1: thank you. That's where I was headed. Um, and so they're you know dropping back and and trying to not—they're playing exactly like you described, Watford. And mm-hmm. when that's away, when the pitch looks like you know a meadow, like like a like a middle school field, <laughs> like like a middle school gymnasium's outdoor field, then like it's really it's tough to to break that down unless you can unless you have people who can counter right counter their counters or right and, and players that are tricky enough to sort of get past like uh, a very organized back four. So right Mexico though. What's interesting about this is Mexico's a really strong team, even though they are, I think, the oldest average age team in our in our uh, continental like World Cup Ooh, qualifying group. That, Youth and
0: enthusiasm meets old age and treachery.
1: Our our team average age this projected lineup, I think, the average age is like 23, 22 Two. in this lineup, and Mexico's is going to be closer to twenty nine. Wow! So I Mexico's, love that, Me- but Mexico's next cycle, they're fucked. Mexico is trying to recruit. Every Mexican American potential young dual national, because they have nothing. Really, like, they are at the end of a really good, a good, like almost Mexican golden age, and they're about to enter a Mexican dark age. So, like, they're, I'm so recruiting, sad to hear they're that. recruiting players who are not good enough to break into our depth chart at this point. Really, and they're Yeah, they're making promises to them, which I don't know if you're familiar with. Was it Jonathan Gonzalez years ago? Was a young, he played in our U.S. youth setup, and in the end, he went and signed for Mexico, and like declared his like FIFA uh, allegiance nationality switch, and he hasn't fucking played for them. And it's like, but like, it's kind of shiesty. Whereas our coach uh, Greg Berhalter, who I hate, and he's like slightly more qualified than Ole, I think, (laughs) and that he at least was a coach who I think has been to finals and won finals in MLS, at least.
0: That does sound um, better than Ole.
1: But he's still a fucking idiot who who makes very questionable lineup decisions. Substitutions mm. often negatively or adversely impact the, the match. But, um, fuck, I just got lost in like the middle of a ring. Oh, so it'll be interesting to see how this team, with all this young, pacey, attacking talent, like yeah. lines up against a very attacking side in Mexico.
0: That is interesting. So this like could we, be like a four three kind of game, it sounds like.
1: Or we could get shot on. Or we could do <laughs> Is it away? Is it in
0: Mexico City or, or no, no you said it was in Cincinnati, you're Cincinnati, right. Cincinnati. Right. I can remember things.
1: Mexico? It's just like me- it's you never know. It's it's like Liverpool United or it's Arsenal Spurs. It's like no matter who's doing well or who's doing shit, you never really have a good indication of how it's gonna go. Gotcha. Either side has enough emotional potential to really get up for it and fuck the other side up if they come out flat, mm-hmm. and it's high pressure. We did not qualify for the last World Cup, as you know, so like this team is already that. showing signs of like being afraid of repeating that and like a little bit of like timidness. And it's a young ass mm-hmm. lineup with like not a ton of experience, but so they. Are this could talented.
0: be the tipping point if they They're, if they get it right.
1: They are very talented. We have a missing generation in in u.s soccer where there's like where are the really great 27 28 year olds right now right there's none like our best players are in their teens yeah i mean i get because how old
0: is pulisic See, like like 23 no okay 20, like
1: 22 uh so he's on so the younger joe, side joe side. scally 19 yedlin year old. yedlin is in the depth chart he would be raising the age he's like 28 or 29 Almost thirty. God, he, but he's playing he in Turkey. His good World Cup, man. I mean that that was the sad thing. You remember when he was he was
0: playing for Newcastle and he had that great World Cup and was it two thousand fourteen? But his
1: but his we just play, missed his prime because they didn't qualify. His prime peaked early though because he's not a good defender. He's just someone who is fast. He yeah he what
0: he is is he he's the second winger that always looks great when you bring them. You know what I mean? But it's like there's another part of that job.
1: He's, and it's he's actually having, in the name of the job. He's having to use his recovery speed to constantly bail himself out, a little bit like Aaron wan But like, mm-hmm. I'd say Aaron wan Saga is better than 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 Yedlin. But that but ahead of him, Yedlin. ahead of him now is Joe Scally, who's nineteen, who has started all season for Borussia Mönchengladbach in the in the wow. German that's Bundesliga. And that's impressive. He's regularly regularly getting above average grades or man of the match grades. So like, really? Wow. Yeah. So he, he's he probably, I should really know
0: more about German football Than you but I don't
1: <laughs> or how, Well how about um, What's his face um, Richards He is owned by Chris Richards I think Is owned by uh, Bayern Munich But he's in, at his second season in a row On loan uh, Let's see where is Chris Richards Hoffenheim I think Let's see Chris Richards Hoffenheim Boom <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm glad I know something like, why is, is
0: it is it still the same reason that all the American players are playing in Germany that they like had service member fathers or they are dual nationals or something like why why do um, all of our players play in Germany?
1: It's just easier to get. There's like less of a strict uh, work visa requirement. It's easier to go there really? as an American. Yeah. Um, okay. And it's it's easiest to go to Scandinavia, but then like next easiest. Yeah, it, but then also, why? Like, is, is
0: MLS even that much worse than Scandinavian leagues?
1: It used it used to be, but it, you'd be in Europe and you'd start like get getting days yeah, towards your like, European like citizenship or I don't know permanent like, residence, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But in Germany now, also like Bayern has made a relationship with FC Dallas. FC Dallas is shitting out brilliant multi million dollar youth prospects. Yeah, they're, well, they're, barely, they're barely going to play for FC Dallas.
0: It's just, just a cash
1: grab. They're go, they're go, but FC but Dallas has decided okay, we're going to be the IX of MLS. And I think every team in MLS should oh have God, that. God, I wish they would. I wish they would.
0: Like the, the one that really kills me is DC United, where I'm like, if you're in the DC area, like it's just such a sports town. Mm-hmm. Like it's a bunch of square normies who jog. Like that is DC. And it's like so like it's there's a crazy amount of the NBA comes from D.C., a crazy amount of the NFL comes from the D.C. area. I mean, it's also just a big part of the country. It's it's just one of the big cities in America. But God, like, why aren't we churning out like 10 top prospects, you know, because it's also it's such an international area where you have, you know, there's there are people from every walk of life in D.C. So like the soccer culture has been there for decades already. You know,
1: I could answer that question for you,
0: but we got to go.
1: So next, next episode. Time. This is our first cliffhanger.
0: Wow. And our nobody's like, going to be able to google that.
1: It's also our first national team podcast that didn't get deleted. Uh. <laughs>
0: well, we don't know that yet. We do not have this episode in hand. We could be talking to no one still. Jeff, thank you so much as always. You're a wonderful co-host. Skylar, you're welcome for having me.
1: <laughs> thank you. i
0: to see you guys next time. next time. Next time. Oh, need the oh, suckers. need oh, oh, oh. the suckers. Skyler and Chad Don't know how to rhyme. Need the suckers and chat shit today. Good night.